You're listening to the official Dietitian Connection podcast. This podcast gives you access to the most successful and influential experts in the dietetic profession. This podcast will inspire you, it will challenge you, and it will empower you to become a nutrition leader and realize your dreams. Hello to all of our listeners. Welcome to this episode of the Dietitian Connection podcast. I'm your host, Kate Agnew. Today on the show, we're going to be talking to Joe Leach, who is the face behind a popular science-based website called Diet vs. Disease. Uh, you might have seen Joe's videos before where he breaks down um, scientific reviews and also bodies of evidence into really easily digestible and consumable videos. And recently Joe has become quite an expert in the area of creating online courses. Um, and so if you think that this is something that you may be interested in in your business um, or you'd just like to get a taste into how creating online courses or videos can be uh, really valuable to uh, your work as a dietitian, then this is certainly a podcast episode for you. So uh, here we are. We'll jump into the interview. Hi, Joe. Thanks so much for joining me today on the podcast. Really excited to be chatting to you today. Thanks, Kate. I'm happy to, to be here. Let's do it. Um, as I recently told you, I, um, I found out about you through, well, first Authority Nutrition and then Diet vs. Disease and um, would often be watching your videos either on your website or your Facebook page. So I'm really keen to learn more about what goes on behind your business and also um, some really practical, specific examples about creating an online course. Um, so just to start off, just a bit of background, can you tell me uh, how you got into the area of blogging and vlogging um, as well as brand strategy and SEO? Okay, yep. So just quickly, not to bore everyone, so I studied nutrition dietetics at Wollongong Uni. Mm. Um, I finished in 2011. Uh, midway through, I was applying for jobs all over the place and, and uh, I actually got two job offers at the same time. You know, you kind of have, you, you kind of have no job offers at all and then when it rains it pours and I had these different offers I moved to Darwin to do public health nutrition mm-hmm. um, I was working in remote Aboriginal communities uh, doing 13 communities there and in 2012 so it was my first year working um, I entered a writing competition that was uh, in the DAA newsletter it was by Nuts Australia I think okay. and um, it was like a creative writing piece and for some reason I wanted to do it like I didn't I didn't think I had any writing interests well apparently I did but I didn't know it uh anyway into this competition um I won the competition and the prize was um one year's membership with Australasian Medical Writers Association mm-hmm. and I got flown to the conference which was in Brisbane that year 2012 and that was where I learned that hang on you can actually make a living writing and and doing uh, presenting nutrition information online uh, you didn't have to just work in the clinical setting mm-hmm. or in a public health nutrition setting and you can actually reach more much more people uh, online and mm-hmm. of course in 2012 
social media was emerging and uh, there was a lot more work in online publications. Uh, and so, yeah, that's kind of how I found out about that. And then in, in 2013, at the very beginning, uh, my contract was federal government funded, the, the outreach stuff in Aboriginal communities. That got cut um, as funding does for Aboriginal health services. Mm. Uh, it got completely cut. And so I was left um, with the option to do nursing home dietetics, which uh, just did not interest me and still doesn't. So I was like, you know what, I I don't have anything to lose. I'm in a pretty good position. I didn't have I don't have a family. Uh, I didn't have a mortgage or anything. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to do become a writer, do this freelance thing, um, and you know, specialize in nutrition dietetics writing. Fast forward. A couple of years, I uh, got some good contracts. I started writing for Authority Nutrition, mm-hmm. which, which is, was the, the number one nutrition website in the world. They just got acquired by Healthline, like literally a few days ago. Okay. Wow. Well. So now if you go to authoritynutrition.com, you're going to get redirected to Healthline. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, and, and there I learned a lot about writing for, SEO or search engine optimization. So making sure that what you write comes up in mm. f- in Google search when people search something, which is really important, which is something I want to get into a bit more detail um, in this chat. And then, yes, through them, um, I did I learned some marketing, some social media marketing, and then I started my own website, dietversdisease.org, in 2015, um, which is, yeah, it's two years ago already. Uh, and I wanted to get into video because... I mean, as you, as everyone knows, like video is how most people consume content on social mm. media these days. Um, and it's only going to increase apparently. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get into video. I, I do hate being on video actually. Like I'm not comfortable. And it's not obvious. I, I'm, <laughs> well, it, it, it is. If you go back to, you know, everyone has like a history. If you go back to my first videos, you'll see how bad I was, which is, it's funny in hindsight. And I'm going to keep them up because it is. Um, it's, I don't know, it's, it's a good part of my journey, but, uh, yeah, so I'm still not coming on camera, but I've been doing it now for a year Mm. and obviously, of course, I'm, I'm getting better and better and I quite enjoy it now. And, you know, like you said, you, you first saw me through videos, um, and that's how I, that's how I got into vlogging. Now I have professional equipment and things. Mm. Um, We really stepped it up. I was quite fascinated when um, I first saw you on video because I never thought there was actually a way to present nutrition information given it's quite dense in text and and studies. I never thought there'd really be a visually appealing way to present that, but um, I know with you, you usually do like little call-out boxes and um, like shots from different angles, and I thought it was a very novel and easily digestible way to consume um, what we usually think of as quite heavy reading. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I I can't take all the credit myself. I kind of just... I had been watching videos, is Michael Greger videos. He's like a super vegan doctor, but he, he has videos where he puts the study and then pulls out snippets from the study, like mm-hmm. on the screen. So I grabbed uh, that idea. And then um, there's another channel that has the kind of video animations. And I thought, well, we should have videos with both the animations and the studies and combine them. Um, so I kind of, 
I didn't copy their ideas. I kind of just modified and merged mm. a few things and um, what's come out has been pretty good so far. Yeah, no, good idea. Don't reinvent the wheel. Just work off what you've got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they say um, good, good artists copy and great artists steal. So by combining two different <laughs> ideas, I kind of stole uh, the, the whole, a whole new uh, way to present video evidence, I think. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's definitely novel. Um, so, Joe, can you tell me about the online courses that you've run in the past? I understand this is quite a <clears> large <throat> part of your work these days. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I guess I want to start by saying that in this day and age, people are, are starting to expect services online mm. and nutrition and dietetics in many instances is certainly something that can be done online um people expects expect things right away as well and they expect to pay less these days and that's they're kind of two desires um that you can fulfill if you have an online course because it's instant they get it instantly and it's scalable so once it's made you know it's like a it's not. It's better than a physical product because you don't have to ship anything. Yeah. Once it's made, you can just get more and more customers. So then the price, you can price it for less. So it becomes passive in a way after a while. Um, or yeah, not I too mean, much. <laughs> nothing's ever truly passive, but yeah, def- definitely. No, yeah. I get, I get what you're saying. Um, and like, as you guys know, if dietitians, as dietitians, if we don't start. Uh, creating a greater online presence and keeping up with the trends, we're going to lose in mm. the long run. Yeah, I've and heard so that, that's uh, why. Sorry, you go, Joe. Um, and so that's why I have started creating online programs. But what, what were you going to say? Oh, I've heard that time and time again, and um, completely believe it. And yes, we're um, we definitely need to uh, build our presence online and and start offering services in more novel ways online. Yeah, 100%. And, and it's never been easier. And that's what I wanted to tell people today, mm. basically. Um, but basically, yeah, so I've got um, three online p- programs or courses that I've, that I've tried. Now, the first one was about lowering high blood pressure. Because I had some readers to my website, or quite a lot of readers, interested in this topic. So I made an, a, a free program about it. But, like, I didn't really know what I was doing. I, it kind of... It, it kind of sucked. Like it was, it was, I thought it was useful, but it was kind of looking back, it's kind of, I don't know. It has, it has a lot of work, but it was free. Could have started um, somewhere. But, yeah. And you know, you always hear about people, people are only, will only tell you about the successes, but I'm quite, mm. I find it quite amusing to talk about all the times that I failed. Anyway, <laughs> but after I built that one, I have now have two FODMAP uh, programs for low FODMAP diet for treating um, IBS. And so, um, yeah, that's they're the two that um, I'm kind of investing the most time in mm-hmm. uh, at the moment. And that kind of what I like about that topic first is that it's um, out of Australia, uh, but the research is quite new. So the research is always changing, and that's forcing me to change my resources all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the course, the good thing about the, the courses as well, actually, is that you can update them. So if you publish a book. When things change, your book is now outdated. Um, same with ebooks to a lesser extent. You can release a new version of the ebook, mm-hmm. but with an online program, like say for example, um, Bananas recently Monash tested 
um, and changed their stance on bananas so that only green unripe bananas are low FODMAP, one medium, whereas before it was thought that bananas were a free food where, mm-hmm. where they weren't high FODMAPs. So I just had to go in and change a few things in my program, mm-hmm. which took a couple of hours, not even an hour, and now it's up to date again. So what format is it in? Is it uh, like uh, uh, video tutorials or uh, text like through your website? Do people log in through a portal? Yeah, so it's um, it's a combination. So okay. the thing with you could you can make the online course, um, you know, it can essentially be an ebook but mm. set out as chapters as a program, or you can add videos or do both. And mine's both. And mm-hmm. adding video um, gives it a higher perceived value mm-hmm. uh, because well, it allows basically I made videos and then the transcript of the video is for people who prefer to read. Yeah. So now I'm talking. Everyone. Now I'm targeting people who learn by reading and people who learn by watching and listening. Yeah, that's uh, good. I was just about to ask you that. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's done through uh, a website called Teachable. So it's not hosted on my website, and it's called Teachable.com. Mm-hmm. Um, you can you can host online courses there for free. They actually have a free plan, um, so you can actually go there and make your own for free, and Try it out. Muck around with it. That's great. I hadn't. I was not aware of Teachable, but um, I'll check it out, and we'll link to it as well. Um, so, what are the what's the protocol or steps that you take usually when you create an online course? Um, so, for me, in my position, like I have my website, which is doing really quite well, and I'm building it slowly. It's almost up to a million visitors per month. Oh, wow. And so with that traffic, I can see, you know, I, I just write on a range of topics that people search for basically, mm-hmm. um, which is something else that I could t- talk about another time about blogging and what a lot of people are doing wrong. Um, but anyway. Second so podcast can, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see if, if people are interested in this topic first. We'll go from there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I can see what people are searching for when they come to the website. And f- and uh, my FODMAPs article uh, was very popular. A lot of people cling to it. Mm-hmm. So then I made a program around that topic because I already had the audience. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the marketing part is already done and that's the hard part. So it was mm-hmm. like, okay, well, people were coming to my web page and it was, it's very thorough. But if you scroll down, you, you'll see so many comments um, and still people contacting me like, it's still not – people still want to have their hand held and walk through. That's why they would see a dietitian. And so um, that's why I made the program about that. So I would I covered every topic basically that I could think of. I had to break it into two different programs because the illumination part and the reintroduction, re-challenge phase of the FODMAP diet mm-hmm. um, are so – well, they're obviously one before the other, but they're quite thorough, in-depth topics. So – to put them all into one program was just going to be massive. So I broke it down because people are at different parts of the diet as well. Um, that's kind of how it shaped me to to make the online course. I would, yeah, structure out uh, what what topics to cover, asking people, readers, people on my Facebook page, people in my Facebook group, what they thought, um, what it needed. And, yeah, that's does that answer the question? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, just thought of another one. Do you think mm-hmm. that um, like online courses, for example, like your FODMAP course, do you think it's um, a tool that can be used um, in 
uh, like um, as well as seeing the dietitian. So, for example, for Gen Pop, it could take it could minimize the time a dietitian needs to spend with a client if they were to, uh, you know, learn from an online course and then their time with the dietitian is more, you know, prescriptive and um, part of the, you know, intervention, etc. Yeah, 100%. So I know some dietitians who have also written ebooks on the topic, say on the FODMAP topic, that they will also give to their clients. You could have a program that complements um, your services as well. But mm-hmm. I was, I was basically a lot of people would email me and say, I, my doctor diagnosed with IBS because they couldn't find out what the problem was. There's no dietitian here. Can mm-hmm. you help me? Yeah. And I realized there's, there is so many people who don't have access to a dietitian, mm. especially a FODMAP trained dietitian. And I know when I studied, we didn't learn hardly anything about FODMAPs. I don't know how it is now, five years later, but so that's who I made the program for. In the program, I, I, in one of the first uh, lessons, I recommend seeing a dietitian and I still do to people who have the option mm. because Working one-on-one is always going to be, well, most likely uh, you might get better outcomes, but then people can contact me whenever they want. Um, They can Mm -hmm. also talk amongst each other, so other patients, um, and that kind of communal um, community aspect uh, Mm -hmm. finding is really useful as well. But, yeah, um, a roundabout way to answer the question, yes, definitely the program can be used instead of a dietitian, um, if you are a dietitian and to add value to uh, the service you offer mm-hmm. uh, as well. Um, and, of course, the, the topic about, you know, going about selling your course, um, are there any particular tools, email lists or similar that you um, need for, you know, that yeah. part of the process? Well, selling's hard, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I'm, not, I'm not a good salesman. Um, like, you know, there's some people who can, you know, go on the street and, and sell. A pen. Uh, sell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Or like, you know, the people who, um, work for, ch- work for charities and they try to get people to sign up to donate, you know, mm. on the street. I don't know how. I mean, that is not me. I cannot do that. It's a all. skill set. It's a specific skill set, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and you can learn it, but I think you have to have it a little bit as well. Mm. You have to be a bit of a salesperson um, from the get-go. But f- I can talk f- from how I sell it. So, I, I, you know, if you go on my website, dietversdisease.org, you will not find it. You, you cannot find it. Um, I only sell it to people who join the email list um, just because I really don't think it will sell just sitting in my sidebar mm-hmm. on my website. Um, so I, people come and, and will read my free resources on FODMAPs and if they want to download something extra or want more information, they, they join the email list and then in the email list, uh, they go through what's, what is affectionately called a sales funnel mm-hmm. and through that process, um, they get offered, uh, the program. They've, they're made aware of it and I explain to them how it works and the perks. Um, and so that's the main way I sell it. Then there is also what I've will be experimenting with and have done a little bit is webinars. Mm-hmm. 
you could also do Facebook videos, Facebook live videos uh, would be another way to sell it. But then, of course, you need a little bit of a, a social media following, which I don't really have. Um, I pretty much rely on Google search. Okay. Um, so as in people organically typing into Google FODMAPs course? People typing in. So I rank. So if you type in FODMAP diet, I'm not sure about google.com.au, but in the US, mm-hmm. I mean, 80%, 85% of my readers are from the US. Okay. If you type in FODMAP diet, then I will come up like second or third okay. spot. And, and that, so that is SEO. That's just people. Sorry. You yeah, that's, that's, that's what SEO refers yeah. to. So, so, um, appearing in the search, you know, it's so much better than, than social media because in social media, you have to constantly be there and updating mm-hmm. and doing things. Whereas in, in search engine, you know, it's thousands of people every day, different mm-hmm. people. And when you're there, you're there. You know, I have to keep the article up to date and things, but you know, it's largely hands off. Um, but they'll find, so they'll find me, they'll read the article and, uh, you know, my free article, it, it tells you how to do the whole thing. I have everything for free on the website, but it's, mm-hmm. it's so big that it's all over the place and people will pay for convenience because what you pay for, you pay to save time. You either have time or you have money. Mm-hmm. If you've got lots of time and you have no money, then you can go through the internet and read all the blogs and, and figure it out. Or if you're tight for time, you'll pay, uh, to have everything in one place when you want it. So that's yeah. a very simple way to think about it. It doesn't like yet yeah, very um very succinct way to think to think about it. And it is um a, a, I guess a good concept to think of when you're trying to reach people, time versus money. Oh yeah, it's all that's the only two currencies we have. I think yeah. that's why like that's why Uber is so so popular, right? It saves you time. Hmm. Um. To do. Do you have any other uh, professionals working um, with you to develop your online content? Um, I outsource to some freelancers to help me, whether it's like little things like creating um, uh, thumbnails for videos. Mm. Um, For all my videos, they get um, closed captions for people who are hard of hearing. These rev.com, R-E-V.com, it's a dollar per minute. So, you know five dollars per video and like they're pretty spot on like many times their videos are 100 percent correct but the captions they create um transcript scripts again is i can't remember the very cheap on rev.com so they will they will watch my video and write it all down um and then i add that into the program as well so then people can watch a video they can read the video they can watch a video with closed captions um so there's lots of little there's a lot of software that I use. Um, otherwise, you know, me recording, it's it's just me. Like I set up my camera on a tripod, I turn my microphone on, I, you know, I press on and then I walk back and I make sure that I'm in frame and nothing else is in the frame so that there's like a blank background, even though there's like photos and junk everywhere, but the only part you can see in the frame is me and it looks yeah. like everything's professional. Yeah. And then I'll, you know, walk back, press record, it's just me. Yeah. But I do have, um, I've, if you see my videos, I have the studies show and animations and stuff. I don't yeah. have any of that. I outsource that to an editor as okay. well. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, um, and then obviously you talked about your camera, any other physical tools that are needed to do video shooting? Um, yeah. If you're going to do, 
if you're on an online program, I'd strongly recommend video. People, yeah, people need to see your face. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's people do, do business with people, right? So it's, I mean, you can, you don't have to do it, but I think it's just better. You can kind of, you know, even you can't see me now, but if you could see me and we're talking on, on video, I feel like the message would be even clearer. Um, you know, when you can see someone's expressions and things. So, yeah, I use I have a tripod, I have a DSLR camera, uh, a good microphone. Microphone first. So first thing I invested in was a microphone. Yeah. And I used to I used to record. If you look at my old videos, I used to record them on a webcam attached to my computer, and they and I thought at the time I had nothing to compare it to. I thought oh, this is good, 1080p. You know, um, sound was I thought sound was good. It was terrible. So then I, yeah, then I, it progressed. But sound first, then video quality iPhone iPhone video quality is is fine is really mm, good enough. Yeah, it's just you want to buy a good microphone to plug into your iPhone. That's that's the number one thing. Um, I'll definitely sound. attest to that being a podcaster. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and yeah, we course. had a few issues before we started. Yeah. <laughs> it's super important if it sounds muffled or. And I hope you know when we go back and hear this, I don't sound like all muffled or there's feedback or something. But yeah, if if the audio sucks, no one's going to listen. Yeah, very true. Um, and so do you use any, um, specific editing tools or just, just standard like, uh, movie, movie maker, something similar? So, um, so I record, I record a video. Um, it's really funny if you, if you watch, um, so after I say, you know, as much as I can remember, I'll do a clap, like, and that spikes the audio. So it's kind of it's exactly the same as like you know when the when you see the movie being made and it's like yeah. okay action and they click the thing and so through the claps I can see the audio spikes so when I then I do I use Movie Maker because I've got Windows and I will roughly edit out all the bits where I stuffed up or where I was read like not doing anything and then I send it to the editor to really make it really fine so that in between scenes it's like no. Um, no dead space so it's just like me talking animation whatever me talking um yeah i use that in terms of other was a question about software that i use yeah and yeah in terms of editing the videos um so that's all for videos and the editor does everything else um what software services i use upwork.com to hire people for to like that's how i found my video editor that's how i I find people who can create um, graphics and image work and stuff yeah yeah, I've, um, I've used Upwork as well, and um, I found it really helpful, particularly since you can see different their profiles, their rankings, and what other people have commented about their work. So, and there's generally um a lot of different people to choose from for any given service. Yeah, sometimes too many people. Too many, yeah. Experience that. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, Upwork, Canva. I'm sure you're aware of Canva if you yeah. want to create graphics. Canva.com. Uh, it's a teachable obviously that hosts my course so i pay them a monthly fee um but there's the the free one where you don't pay anything and if you do want to sell your course then they take five percent or something which is super reasonable uh, yeah. if you check them out i have an email um provider like you know like a mailchimp mm-hmm. um and then yeah there's just my website expense i guess um, Any other marketing tools that you use um, other than, of course, your email list and sales funnel? Um, this, I, I use loads. I'll just say another one, another good one is lead pages, which I use 
for my opt-in form. So like when people read my article, um, I used to have a big intrusive pop-up, you know, like the things that just take yeah. up the whole screen, like, hey, join my email list. Yes, and I know that. They work, yeah, they work really well. But Google did an algorithm update in February and said, if you have that on your mobile, you're going to lose your rankings. So I decided to just remove them. All. They, they worked really well, but it, it wasn't worth um, jeopardizing the user experience because that's mm. what Google wants to protect. If people stop, if people get a bad experience on Google and don't get the answers that they're looking for, they're going to stop using Google. And obviously Google doesn't want that. So I removed all those, um, all those forms. Now I have just like a small button in the text, like a green button that says, you know, if you want to join the email list or, hey, do you want to download this meal plan or whatever? And that's that's lead pages. The software is called lead pages. Oh, okay. They click it and then it pops up. And okay. then you enter your email. So you actually asked for the pop-up. I didn't just show it in, shove it in your face. Um, lead pages is really good. You can also create landing pages. So like if I'm going to do an online webinar, for example, I can create a really um, – they have templates. So then you just fill in the gaps, put your pick, put your face, a little testimonial information about when's the webinar, some information, um, and then it gives you actually a URL. So that's your URL for to send to people to mm. opt in to join your webinar or whatever. I'm just looking at um, a video now of it, and it looks super easy. And you can put a counter as well for when your event's going to be, etc. Oh yeah, yeah. You just yeah. fill in the. You just like click and choose the date in the calendar and it changes everything for you. Mm. Um, it's really good. And then webinars I do I do f for free, all these free tools. I don't know if you want to get into that, but basically I use YouTube Live. Oh, to be called okay. So what did it used to be called? Sorry, Joe. Google Google Hangouts. Oh, very good. Yeah. Okay. Or something. So I, the webinars can be done for free completely. <laughs> um. That's some. Uh, there's that's a heap of uh, tools that our listeners can um, can yep. get stuck into. Thank you. Well, you you asked. I have plenty more, but I think there's a good good for starting. Good to start. Yeah, we don't want to overwhelm anyone. <laughs> um. So, the age old question: success. How do you measure the success of um? You know. Apart from dollar figures or um, sign-ups, you know the success of your courses or webinar, etc. Yeah, well, it's a tricky one because I probably do measure. I do measure it by the number of students. Okay. I, get. Um, I mean, it's it has to be the it has to be the number of students you get and the the feedback I get. So I I have um, a test not a testimonial, but a feedback form at the end mm -hmm. and I email everyone. And I also, it's also part of like the email sequence as well. So I get the feedback because I want to improve the, the program. And so, you know, mainly it is good feedback, which is good, but there is some occasionally uh, constructive feedback and it helps me uh, improve the program. And yeah, I guess it comes down to getting more, more students enrolled, um, do you um do you do you see how many let's say for example health professionals or dietitians actually do the CPD involved with your courses? Oh, so I haven't. Well, I have had many times people emailing me. Is there? Will I get professional development points if I buy the course? And I haven't said it. Like I've been researching it now, and now I know uh, what is required of me. I just have to make the quiz. Um, so it 
it hasn't been implemented yet, but by the time uh, you guys, everyone listens to this, it'll mm-hmm. definitely be done. Cool. Um, so that leads me to my next question. Can I know, understand you're doing um, a FODMAP-related course with CPD coming up. Um, so where can people find that, particularly dietitians, if they want to get stuck into that? Yeah, so uh, if you want to see what my online programs look like and if you want to learn uh, about the low-format diet, or maybe you need to do it for yourself, um, then um, readers and listeners of Dietitian Connection, um, they can get 50% off the cost to enroll in either program. So I have an elimination program and I have a reintroduction program. Um, they are designed for patients, but I have loads of dietitians um, and nurses mm-hmm. and other uh, health professionals, actually, who, who use it already. And they use it as a refresher and so that they can help their patients when, when they do see their patients for this. And they're getting – people seem to be um, being more commonly diagnosed with IBS now in SIBO as well, and mm. um, people are wanting to find this information. Now, because of the number of health professionals that were enrolling in it and asking me, I, yeah, I am in the process of uh, making sure you can use uh, – APDs uh, can use um, – the course as assessed professional education. Mm-hmm. So I have to include a quiz in there, and um, this will be for Australians, but also Canadians and people in the UK. Um, I feel like in Canada they need a certificate sent to them, which I will have. So I'm ticking those boxes. Um, we do get some but, international listeners, so that would be uh, yeah. yeah relevant. When um, I'm sure when you get that up and running. Cool. Yeah, it'll definitely be set up by the time the podcast podcast goes live um but there's no cpd or cpe um, whatever it's called for the us at this stage because they've got loads more uh hoops i have to jump through okay um and then if you yeah if you want to get in on the that offer um you can go to uh, diet versus disease so that's diet vs disease.org slash um, dc elimination dietitian connection elimination for the elimination program and dietversdisease.org slash DC reintroduction for the reintroduction program. And, yeah, I'll have them set up. We'll put some links at the bottom of the show notes as well. Um, quick question, can dietitians refer their clients onto this course to learn more about it so that they can, as we talked about earlier, spend more time on the behavioral stuff, etc. Definitely. Um, it's funny you ask that because I am – in. You know, to market an online course, you've got, you know, you can get people through Google. You can find people through social media if you have a presence there. You can collaborate with people who have an audience, like, for example, what I'm doing now, like going on a podcast or writing on people's websites. Mm-hmm. But you can you can also go direct to uh, the health professional. So I'm actually in the process of reaching out to doctors now with not with my paid free resources about FODMAPs and then – um, saying that, you know, because so many of them are not referring their patients to a dietitian. They literally, mm. they literally tell people to go home and Google it. And so that's, I mean, that's, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be that way in this day and age. So, yeah. And I mean, is that largely because they're so time strapped? Oh, yeah. Definitely. And, and, and yeah. of course, the, the okay. doctors would know a bit about it, but not very much. They might have a dietitian mm. at the clinic or, or a dietitian that specializes in FODMAP diet. 
and so tell people to go home and Google it. So, um, and, you know, you can definitely, if you, you know, if I'm going to doctors for them to recommend it, and as dietitians, you could also definitely uh, recommend the program. And I have, hmm. um, I have a dietitian, two dietitian friends who recommend it to me if, for whatever reason, the patients can't come in and see them, especially on a regular mm-hmm. basis. Um, then they recommend my program instead. And wouldn't it be great if there could be, I guess, more people uh, from Gen Pop learning about uh, low FODMAP diet, but then realizing that they'd probably be better off with someone who can, um, as an, a dietitian, who can give them the, I guess, inv- individualized aspects of it so that they can both work hand in hand. Just a yeah. thought. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that <laughs> online programs themselves will become part of the service that we provide you know it's not going to be entirely online necessarily but we need to start looking at you know there's companies who are using apps now and things you know if you if you're real savvy and you had a a private business with um, a bit of cash flow you could invest in creating a very simple app that included access to these programs oh that reminds me the teachable with teachable they have an app so whoever signs up like to my program mm. in Teachable, they can actually just access it through the Teachable app and it's like super fast, looks great on mobile. That's Yeah, that's great since analytics tells us that more people are actually using their mobile to um, to be on the internet. Yeah, um, 70, three, three out of four people who visit my website are on their mobile. So I don't... I knew you'd be able to tell us the stats. Yeah, so I don't even... Um, <laughs> Like when I edit my website or, or have a look at what a post looks like, I don't even look at what it looks like on the computer anymore. I go to my phone straight away. Mm. Yeah, isn't it interesting? Um, thanks, Joe. Did you want to add anything else about your online course or just dietitians creating an online course themselves? No, um, if if you have questions, you can always email me. Um, you know, I, I love dietitians, so... Uh, email me if you've got questions. I'll try to help you out. Um, hello at dietversdisease.org. Um, yeah, I mean, that's it. I could talk, I can talk about this stuff for days. So we should probably just end it. <laughs> Again, we'll probably need another one to delve into some other areas. But thanks so much, Joe. Um, I've, as I said, have been fascinated by your work for a while. Um, I knew you'd probably, you'd have a whole heap to teach us about and um, I think it's you've provided a really great uh, starting point for any dietitian who wants to get into online courses or even just know what it's about before taking that next step so thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me thanks for inviting me on Thank you as well to all the listeners for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, we love receiving your feedback and also would love to hear what you think of the show. So if you could leave a review for us and also pass this podcast on to your colleagues and friends, it would be much appreciated. Thanks again and we'll see you next time for another episode of the Dietitian Connection Podcast. <music>